Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 40. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week's episode is a monthly roundup of our August posts from the Forest Salon software blog. We'll discuss the dark truths of salon marketplaces, seven daily habits of happy and successful salon owners, how to charge a premium amount for your salon services, and how to build trust as a leader in the salon and spa industry. But as always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're just going to kick it straight off with our four most popular blogs or Zoe's four most popular blogs of the month. The, the first one that stood out was the dark truth of salon marketplaces. It's something I knew would stand out straight away, but it was actually Connor's blog, our marketing team lead, and he wrote that back in 2015. So we would just revisit it. And, uh, and it still became it's the still number very, one. It's a very actual subject still in 2017. And like, Dark. Dark is perfect at working for <laughs> yeah. this life. Yeah, exactly. So what? what's so dark about it? What he explains is that a marketplace pitches itself as like a discovery tool. Right. So you go on to that marketplace and they promise you that they'll put you in front of new clients, and new customers, and you'll get uh, loads of income through that. Now, this is the marketplace talking to the salon owner. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So how it like on a client side of things, a client is brought to a page. They have a lift of salon in the area. They browse, select, say, your salon yep. and they make a booking. The company behind the website or that app. So for instance, Xanadu or any kind of marketplace, um, will take a percentage of what uh, the client books. Mm -hmm. So usually it's around 20%, uh, as Connor was saying. And then for, from your side of things, that client is coming in and it's a new client. But what they don't tell you uh, is that most of them aren't actually promoting retention. And that's the main problem. So I suppose the best way to put it is, you're the salon owner, so yep. Zoe's hair, uh, Zoe's salon, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm the end user, so I want to get my hair done. I go on to Xanadu.com or whatever it is, and I go 20%, 30% off, 50% off, 80% off haircut. Oh, wow, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to book into that. So I make my booking, the marketplace, Xanadu gets 20% of that booking fee, yeah. and you... I get a new client. You get a new client, but you've given me 80% off your, off your treatment. Yeah, straight off the bat, that's... Bad. Okay. Uh, second, I'm giving 20% to that uh, marketplace. But what they actually don't tell you is the next time that client, so you go and book a haircut and go back onto that marketplace, they're not going to show you my salon. They're going to push other salons nearby to make you go and try another place. So even though you're offering the highest percentage off your service, like I said, the 80%, because I've gone in and booked with you, got my 80% off, if I was to go back onto Xanadu's marketplace, you're not going to appear again. Well, it, not, not straight not away. Not straight away, yeah. Because what they'll, what they'll do is they'll use discount codes. So um, they'll be sent to, for instance, you from the website and from different salons in the area and the ones that you haven't previously booked with. Yeah. Uh, so you'll be tempted to use those discount codes because, you know, why not? If you're the type of client that goes onto those marketplaces, you're looking for the cheapest price. Uh, so you're going to be tempted to go to a new place 
just because they have a better offer. So it's essentially like shuffling a deck of cards. Pretty much, yeah. The deal is always going to be different. Exactly. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) The second thing they'll do is they'll... No, uh, I don't like that, but I like that (laughs) analogy. Sorry, I just want to clear that up. (laughs) It's like a deck of cards, yeah. So your salons are being shuffled the whole time. Yeah, exactly, definitely. Second thing they'll do is uh, they'll put up special offers on the listing site. uh, But again, they won't make my salon uh, stand out and they'll make other salons in the area stand out more so than mine because you haven't booked with other places before. Okay. The third thing they'll do is uh, they'll have automated premium listings. So basically what that does, and I'll just read out what Connor says because it explains it perfectly. They'll make sal- uh, like they'll make salons that you haven't tried before move up to the top of the page. So it increases the click-through rate and the likelihood of you changing salons. So it's almost like reverse SEO, the the search engine optimization. The more Mm. clicks you're going to get on the website, the higher up you're going to, well, with other factors, of course, but the more popular your salon is on Google, you're going to appear at the top. But according to the marketplace, the more popular you you are, you're essentially going down nearly. Yeah, I suppose kind of. So basically, if you've booked with me before, they're going to push other salons on the listing because they're making more money off of doing that yeah. than to promoting my salon again. Okay. And the, the fourth thing they'll do is they'll do targeted advertising. Uh, so basically, they'll they'll advertise specific salons to you on Facebook, other social networks, and obviously, it won't be mine either again. So they'll push every other business that they can get a new booking fee from uh, to you because you haven't booked with them before. Interesting. So it is dark. It is quite dark, <laughs> You yeah. don't want to be there because, like, I mean, like like we said, you're offering massive discounts, but then you're not even getting that constantly. There's mm-hmm. no consistency there. No, exactly. Uh, like, none at all. And the other problem Connor lists is that, uh, and he calls it the Me Too syndrome. Uh, I think it's a really, really brilliant way of saying it. It's basically, if the salon down the street is on, uh, say, Xanadu or any kind of marketplace, then that causes fear for me as a salon owner because I'm possibly missing out on something that you're getting. Ah, so, FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. But like, the thing is, while it might get you new clients through the door once, you're all of a sudden attracting the wrong type of clients entirely. Well, I suppose it makes sense, isn't it? If like the marketplace, if it's all about offering the highest discount, you're looking for or you're attracting discounters or mm-hmm. d- deal hunters. Deal hunters, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, deal hunters will always want deals, but when you're trying to provide and and guarantee quality in service and pricing, I mean, there's no way you're going to make that with deals. You're worth what you're worth, and that's what you should be charging. Yeah. You know? And I suppose another danger of this is, like, if you're on Xanadu and you're offering these discounts, how can you then turn around and charge full price to someone else? Yeah, exactly. So if you well, have you're a regular, alienating your, your regular client base as well by doing that. Yeah, because if I'm a regular client of yours and I go in, I pay 100 quid whatever for whatever the treatment is, but then Mary comes through Xanadu and she pays gets- 20 quid, <laughs> I am not going to be happy about that. Like, exactly. Because Mary is not going to come back to you. Mm. And And the thing is, like, when you think about it, the real good clients that you have, they'll generate also very good clients by just referring you. Yeah. And that's the the main thing you should be focusing on, not giving out deals and being on these marketplaces. Okay. So if we round it up, what, what are the main problems here, Zoe? So Connor lists three. The first one, 
is that marketplaces have caused quality salons to believe that discounting is a powerful form of marketing when actually it isn't. And we all know that. We've been talking about this for months now uh, with the whole 30 Days to Grow campaign and stuff as well. Second problem is that they've placed focus on getting new clients as the best way to grow your salon when, again, that's not true. (laughs) You know, Uh, retention is probably the most important factor and your average client bill. And I'm just looking at the blog here, like, Apparently, these sites only have a 3% retention rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's it's nearly nothing. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, marketplaces, if, if you just think about it, like think about a taxi company. It works for that. Yeah. It just does not work beauty and hair industry. Yeah. Problem number three is that overall, they're just cheapening the industry at a local level. And that's not good for anyone. Everyone's trying to, you know, show how much you're worth and you tr- you go into education you get courses you get trained for this you're worth what you're worth you shouldn't be discounting or cheapening your, your your services just for the sake of being on this marketplace you know well i suppose put it into your own into your own perspective if you're going looking for the best deal or the biggest discount you're not looking for quality, are you? No, not really. You're looking for the cheapest. So, yeah, yeah, if you want to be that guy that keeps offering discounts the whole time and using cheap products and your clients just want cheap product and cheap servicing, that's great. But how many of your clients are actually coming into your salon looking for, (laughs) I mean, like, I don't want to walk in and come out looking cheap. I don't. (laughs) I want want to walk in, give you the money to be, make me look good. Yeah, because, like, for instance, if I'm going into a place... I know that you know best. Yeah. And that's what I'm paying you for. I need advice. I need, you know, reassurance that what I'm going to get is the quality I'm looking for. Yeah. So um, I suppose just to wrap it all up, or to wrap this blog up, how, how do we know this? And why did we keep saying Xanadu? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, personally, uh, I wasn't there at the time, but Forrest... I wasn't here either. I've just yeah. seen it on the blog now. So, so Forrest years ago had uh, a listing site called Xanadu and it was set up with great intentions. Uh, it was set up in the hopes of getting more clients for salons, but... So this was, now, just to bear in mind, this yeah. was set up way before, like marketplaces were becoming damaging. Yeah, exactly. This was a new idea at the time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so what Connor explains, because he was there at the time, so he says that while um, Forrest thought the site could get salons some new clients and the software would then help them get get them back again more than once, um, the software does that. It still does. It always did. But the listing site only drove clients from one salon to another uh, just looking for deals so basically we just shut it down so while the intention was there to get the new clients in and then use the forest salon software to retain them all it was doing was just getting new clients in and again shuffling the deck of cards exactly so even though the system retains your clients it doesn't retain clients through a marketplace because nothing retains clients through a marketplace essentially that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, exactly. Can quote that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, I mean, that's a really, really interesting read. Uh, I strongly suggest you go onto the blog and look for Dark Truth Salon Marketplace. Uh, it's by Connor Keppel, uh, our marketing team lead, and seriously worth the read. Like five minutes of your time today, yeah. tomorrow, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, second most popular one, and we've discussed this one loads two weeks ago. Yeah, we uh, went into a lot of detail in this yeah. one. So maybe we'll just skim this and kind of 
Oh, we'll just do a little refresh. Back, yeah, yeah exactly. we'll refer you back to because this is a very good blog. So it was the seven daily habits of happy and successful salon owners. And it, it's one I wrote uh, because I literally had just finished a book where it was just like self-development and being happy and, you know, focusing on yourself and stuff. So there's like seven points I listed uh, through doing research on loads of different business and entrepreneur sites and what makes successful people happy yep. and how you can focus on yourself and create more time to focus on your own goals. Uh, so as I said, two weeks ago, we discussed this like in depth. <laughs> so we'll just skim over this one. I won't throw it. too many questions in. So <laughs> yeah. So I, I suppose instead of going through the seven points, the three main ones that stood out were probably reading. And that's something actually we're both very focused on at the moment. We were actually just talking <laughs> about it before here. You've just got a new book in. Out, yeah. of, out of out our, of our minds, minds, yeah. So learning to be creative. Yeah, so that should be really interesting. I'll probably write a, a little roundup. And, oh, did and, I just do a spoiler? Ah, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do a little summary on that uh, in the upcoming weeks on the Forest blog. So, but it is true though. Like the more you read, the more you learn. Yeah, because people make mistakes, and these books are essentially, especially like business books and self development books. They're all analysis of what worked and what didn't work and yeah. why it didn't work. You don't need to be afraid of failure as long as you know how to learn from it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then second big point that uh, stood out, as well for me, I suppose, is spending time with people who inspire you. Uh, yeah, no, that one's right up there. I mean, if, if you're spending time with people who just keep dragging you down or not as ambitious as you, you're just going to go back to that level. How many times have you been in a job where all people do is bitch and moan in their job and then all of a sudden you're going in with heavy shoulders heavy head and you're bitching, bitching and, moaning. and moaning yeah and then that's when you realize like i need to get out of here i need yeah. to be with positive people exactly but not even positive people just people who are on the level that you want to be at yeah so i suppose if you do just want to bitch and moan all day yeah great <laughs> and the last final point um i say this is kind of like a mix of two points, but I'm just going to quote it. If you don't build your dream, someone will hire you to build to help build theirs. Um, so it's kind of like focus on your own goals, but also get shit done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Realistically. exactly. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's on the Forest blog. It was one of the most popular ones. So you might have seen it on social media going around. Um, the third one we had was a guest blog from Richard McCabe, who we just had on... Had last show, week. Yeah. yeah. So how to charge a premium amount for your salon services. Uh, and again, we discussed this two weeks ago. So, you know, how um, how it's not just about the service you provide, but also the culture you build in your salon and the experience you build in your salon and why people are actually buying into that experience. Uh, and so this that's, kind of touches off the whole be with people that inspire you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I suppose. Yeah. What makes your salon strong is its culture. And if you don't have that don't expect to be, you know, the, the top salon in the area. Like you want to create, people are buying into experiences more now than ever. I want to feel to comfortable that. going into your salon. I don't want to feel like I'm going in, I'm rushed, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there awkward, getting my treatment done or my service done and then straight back out. I, yeah. don't, I don't want to feel like that, especially with the money that I'm handing over. And I'm willing to pay that bit extra if I can go into somewhere that I feel at ease, I feel relaxed. Because think about it, if I'm going to be sitting in that chair for an hour, I'm going to want to be chill. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's another one that, again, discussed two weeks ago. Strongly recommend. It's a good read. Takes about three, four minutes. And that's Richard McCabe, coach at iSalon Coaching. Exactly. 
the fourth one and final popular most popular one is another uh, is another uh, guest blog and this time by Valerie Delforge who we've had multiple times on the show she writes for us every month our um, salon owner procedure manual specialist yes exactly uh, and this time she comes back with new management tips uh, and how to build trust with what she calls the leader principle so basically like, how do you build trust when you're a manager, when you're a salon owner, when you're in charge of a team, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the industry? And she goes by actually using the word leader and defining every every letter by a principle. So L for lucid vision, where she says that basically passion breeds passion and vision breeds goals. So if you have a crystal clear vision of what you want to achieve and you're able to share it um, in the most clear way with your staff then they'll get on board be transparent about your idea yeah uh, they'll get on board if they don't understand what you're looking for or what you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. how do you expect them to be on board exactly yeah yeah i suppose like the best way of putting that is don't be the manager that boxes themselves away in the office all day <laughs> and expect your team to know what you expect of them exactly yeah. <laughs> like, be open yeah exactly um, and then E is for eternal organization. Creativity comes in all sorts of ways and you just need to figure out what works for you and how to be organized within that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's an organized mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And A, she says, is for always sincere, so always being transparent. Uh, building trust basically comes down to all your work ethics and honesty. And if you're not honest with your team... I mean, don't expect your team to trust you. It's just a given. Like, are you going to be someone, like, if you're cold and not mindful of your staff, are you going to be someone they're going to follow into, like, difficult (laughs) territories, essentially? I suppose that comes from, you know, like, you always see, like, those Navy SEAL leader principles and stuff (laughs) like that. It's like, a good leader is someone that your team will follow anywhere, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you'd trust. Because you're going to be the one that goes into it first, into the thick, (laughs) if it's a Busy, hectic Saturday. you got to lead by example. <laughs> yeah. D, she says, is for doubtless love. And um, so basically she says that if you can show your love and your passion for what your business is and what you want to achieve, it's easier for people to be able to connect with that and then trust you and then trust in your choices and your decisions with the business. Yep. Uh, so fairly simple. Again, Second E is for echoing action. So if you say something, do it. You know, don't go back on it or just don't not do anything. I mean, and if you do that thing, make sure you measure the success or the results of it. Yeah. You know, like as in anything, even your marketing efforts, measure your efforts. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And, and last but not least, she says that R is for regular communication. And that's something that she's brought up many, many, many times in uh, in talks, seminars, blogs, the podcast. You need to communicate with your staff. You need to be having those uh, monthly meetings, weekly meetings, the huddles, even if you want to just make sure that everyone knows what's going on. You know, again, you can't expect your your staff to know if you don't tell them and like communicate it, well, like, yeah, regularly communicate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's up to you to make sure they know. It's not up to them to know what you're talking about when you <laughs> yeah. don't tell them. <laughs> exactly. So those were our four most popular blogs of the month. But before we move on to the webinars um, coming up, we have a new contest. And I mean, we've been talking, we've been, we've been talking about it. We've just even mentioned it just now. The prize is books. <laughs> 
read more business books. Read more books. Uh, so and it, they are, they, yeah. yeah, they're quite, they're, they're really, really interesting. Books. So the first one, Get Shit Done by Niall Harbison. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, his guide of getting the life that you want. From spare room to boardroom in a thousand days, an <laughs> yeah. entrepreneur's guide to getting the life you want. Exactly. The second one is from John DeJulius. Who we've had on the show. Yep. And this one is The Customer Service Revolution. So definitely a good read. This man knows people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read. This is a great book. And it's even a quote from Seth Godin as well. Marketing genius. There you go. And the third one, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Uh, he also wrote Built to Last. So it's all about what, why some companies make the leap and why some just don't. Yeah. Why some are great and why some fail. And this is actually a book that Connor, our own manager, gives to all of us when we start. Yeah. Um, it's a big book, but it's an interesting book. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a bundle. So there will only be one winner. So um, I strongly encourage you to share this contest because the more you share it, if people say, if I share my referral link that you'll get in your email once you've signed up for the contest, if you share that link and say, Killian enters through my link, I get referral points. So more entries in the contest to win the book. Double points. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. So one winner. It's on until September 7th. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. In terms of the books and the competition, I think that is it. And it, now we're just wrapping up with the webinars. Yeah. So we've got the Salon Retailing Masterclass. That's with me from 3 to 4 p.m. UK Ireland time and from 10 to 11 a.m. US Eastern time. So again... As per usual, every month, just discuss how to create a retailing culture in your salon and how to get away from the stigma of selling retail. And it's true, true Facebook event. Yes, exactly. So Facebook, find tickets from the event. And uh, free it's free as always. Just to save your spot. And then once you've saved that, you'll get a unique link into your emails. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, let us know. Maybe some feedback. Tweet us. What? Who else do you want to hear on the show? What else do you want to hear about? Maybe, actually, what blogs do you want Zoe to write? Yeah, what topics do you want me to write about? Is there any area of your salon that you just want, that you just kind of, I suppose, find it difficult to work on? Yeah, stuck. I mean, yeah. even after the 30 days to grow challenge, a lot of salon owners found that there was newer, even though they knew most of the challenges, there were still some areas that they were surprised. They're like, oh, that's new. I'll try that. So if there's anything, yeah, let us find it. We'll do the research for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's our job. So I suppose that rounds it up for uh, our monthly roundup. Have an amazing week and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best.